Well, welcome to each and to all to this special holiday edition of Todd Talks, where my guest today is legendary football coach and ambassador of the game, Grant Taff. For the vast majority of you who are joining us today, coach needs no introduction, but allow me to jog your memory. After having played both high school and college football, coach Grant Taff became the head coach of McMurray University. Coach Taff then became an assistant coach at Texas Tech before becoming head coach at Angelo State. Then from 1972 through 1992, Coach Taft served as head coach at Baylor University, leading Baylor to 128 wins in 21 seasons, the most of any coach in the program's history. Coach Taft earned Southwest Conference Coach of the Year honors no less than six times. He was also named National Coach of the Year by the American Football Coaches Association and the Football Writers Association of America. Coach Taft's Baylor teams won two Southwest Conference titles and appeared in eight bowl games. Thus far, Coach has been placed in eight Hall of Fames, including the College Football Hall of Fame and the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. After retiring from coaching, Coach Taft became executive director of the American Football Coaches Association, a position he held until he was named the Director Emeritus in 2016. Coach Taff is widely and rightly noted to have had a profound impact on the game of college football, not least upon players, coaches, and their families. Coach, as you know, is married to Donnell, who has served as a member of the Baylor University Board of Regents, and they have three adult daughters. Well, welcome coach, and uh, thank you for joining me today, especially on a holiday. Todd, uh, it's really a pleasure to be with you and to those out there that uh, are tuning in. Um, I hope that you'll be able to garner something from our interview here that can be beneficial to you in your ministry and in your work. And uh, so uh, I'm ready to go, Todd, let's just let her rip. <laughs> Well, Coach, I have some questions lined up, as you know. Coach, over the years, uh, you've been widely known and perhaps best known for bringing your Christian faith to bear on the game of football. I'm interested, and I think those who are joining us are interested in knowing when you began to see this as a possibility and what have been some of the more significant obstacles and opportunities you've experienced in seeking to do so? Well, Todd, I uh, was raised out in West Texas in a town called Snyder, Texas. It's between Abilene and Lubbock. Um, and I uh, had a great background. My mother and dad were both Christians. When the doors opened, uh, we were in the church. I mean, it didn't matter Wednesday. If they called a meeting on Thursday, we'd be there. And uh, I had some experiences with that, you know, because as a child, you get, you get a little bit uh, uh, tired of that. And fortunately for me, early on, uh, I uh, had a Royal Ambassador, had great teachers uh, in, uh, when I was in the elementary area. But then I moved uh, into the next level and was really uh, blessed to have uh, a leader in uh, the Royal 
ambassadors, RAs. And uh, uh, he not only helped us with programs that we enjoyed, but uh, developed a real interest in our studying of the Bible. And uh, so uh, starting to study the Bible, I, I realized that, uh, that man is uh, mental and he is physical and he is spiritual. Uh, that's what separates us uh, from the other animals of the kingdom is that, uh, that a spiritual part. And then, of course, our, our ability to rule over uh, the other animals of the kingdom or the animals of the kingdom. And so what I uh, began to understand was that, first of all, that I'd been created uh, for a purpose. Uh, God, I believe, just didn't send uh, people to the earth, uh, create the opportunity for them to be in a family and to grow and to be influenced. And I was very, very especially uh, uh, influenced by my mother and dad, yeah. who were extremely hardworking people. I mean, they worked all the time and uh, we didn't have a lot. And uh, but one thing that I knew that come Sunday morning, I was going to be in Sunday school and I was going to be in big church. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I grew up with uh, church as a part of my my life. And when I was 12 years old, uh, I accepted Christ uh, and walked the aisle in First Baptist Church, Snyder, Texas. And from there, it's like I think most Christians, it, it's a growing process. It, it's not the end. It's simply the beginning. You know, you're just not concluding something in your life. You're beginning something in your life. And that is a relationship with Christ. And then trying as a human being to follow Jesus' teachings. And it's really hard, you know, in every, every aspect of our life. It's not easy. And my profession was one that which... Uh, made things kind of tough because you have to live with, uh, you know, uh, getting, say, just the, the physical game itself, injuries to your players, development of your players, you have to deal with that, officiating, all of that comes into it. Then you got the television and, and uh, the nuances that's, that's put on you to be ready to do this at a certain time. It's uh, the, it, it really takes away from your concentration of the game. So I had to find ways to bring that concentration to my team. And interestingly enough, it was through uh, our, what we called our devotionals, our team devotionals. And uh, I, I was having those before uh, anybody else I know of in the country. And uh, the reason that I joined the Fellowship of Christian Athletes was that they provided great material for my needs. And, uh, and it was a blessing to, to be able to be a part of the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I've been with them all these years as a volunteer and uh, I will remain that way because it's a great, great ministry. But. Uh, you know, I think if we surround our families and we surround those in our workplace, or in my case, a football team, uh, with the truth, and 
then for them to be able to see Todd uh, the way I live, the way I do my business, uh, and that speaks more than any uh, sermon I could deliver to my football team. And I think it does to our families. And in, and in essence, I really believe it does in, in our communities, you know. Uh, some of the greatest Christians that I have been able to follow in my life uh, weren't the kind that could get up and preach a sermon, but they lived a sermon uh, in, in their lives. And so, you know, I, I, that's really basically, Todd, what, what I tried to teach to our, our players that, yeah, you got to be macho, you got to be tough. Uh, you got to be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to be successful on a football field, whether it's painful or whether it's uh, just uh, strenuous. You got to be able to do that. And I felt uh, in my life and I, and I felt with the players that I coached that once they learn to do that, to give, give their all to something, then they can learn to apply that in other areas of their life and, and give their all to that whatever that might be in their marriage. Uh, marriage is extremely important. And uh, I, I felt uh, very strongly about my players as they would move into that area of life. But I had hoped that they would be uh, prepared uh, to be the kind of husbands that they needed to be to have a successful marriage. And uh, part of that is your willingness to give everything you have to something. You're not just giving part of it. If you're, if you're getting, if you're married, you give everything you have to that and to that area in your business, you do the same thing and God blesses that. And it's not easy. It's real easy to mouth, but it's not easy uh, to, to do and to live. So coach football uh, taught uh, players discipline and that discipline could be applied into many areas. Coach, growing up, I used to watch uh, regularly on Saturday afternoons the ABC's Wide World of Sports. And I remember vividly uh, hearing the introduction to that program saying uh, along the lines, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. As a football coach over the years, you've certainly experienced both. And I wonder if you might reflect with us on some of your more uh, satisfying wins as a team and some of your more disappointing defeats that were yours over the years. Do you have a couple of examples for us? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've probably got a lot of examples both <laughs> ways, you know, but, uh, you know, whoever coined uh, that uh, verbiage, probably somebody in an office at ABC or someplace uh, uh, that never hit a lick at a suck egg dog. That's, <laughs> They came up with that idea, not really knowing what it meant. But uh, to those of us that have lived it, both as players and as uh, coaches and participating that way, uh, we know exactly what it means. And uh, I, I tell you, uh, Todd, uh, my life has been one blessing after another. And uh, it's, it's just uh, so satisfying uh, to be able at this point in my life to look back and know that the, the things that I, that I believed in were valid. And the one that I believed in uh, as my savior was valid. 
and it's not it's not uh, tricky stuff. It's valid stuff. And uh, so, as you get older, I think uh, you you feel more comfortable in that. Uh, when we're young, you know, a lot of it is uh, you know display and trying to learn how to give your testimony. Uh, make us talk to other people about Christ. It's just, it's a process. But when you can get to the point where I am, uh, you can look back and, and see so many things that you thought were of God and then to really realize they were of God. Coach, uh, you've spoken at uh too many events to number over the course of your life and career. Uh, arguably, your best known speech was to your football team prior to the 1978 Baylor-Texas game. Uh, if I recall correctly, you had a habit of beating Texas with some degree of regularity. Many of our listeners would be disappointed if I did not ask you to tell us about that pregame talk. Well, it's not one of my favorite things to talk about because if you had, if you weren't there and you weren't involved in the environment, it sounds really creepy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, we were uh, practicing. Uh, we were huge underdogs to Texas that year, and and we were practicing out on the field. And uh, uh, it was on a Thursday afternoon, and we were rather uh, lethargic, and uh, I was not very happy about that, but I, I had to choose my words uh, properly at that point because the haze in the barn, so to speak, on Thursday afternoon. So I remember pulling them together and uh, trying to come up with something that would uh, demonstrate to them what it what it's going to take to be Texas from an individual standpoint. In other words, you got to be willing to do what it takes. And so I came up with this story about the fishermen, uh, you know, uh, real cold day. And uh, he put the worm in his mouth to keep it warm. And, uh, you know, then the end of the, the story is you got to keep the worms warm, you know, if you're going to be successful. And, uh, so anyway, I, I uh, didn't think much more about that. And then on Friday afternoon, uh, we were rather lethargic as we had our final afternoon workout. And I wasn't very happy about that. We're playing Texas. And uh, you, you better get your head screwed on straight. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get it knocked off. So uh, I, I s s told them, you know, I said, uh, I want to give you something to think about. So I told them the story about uh, the fisherman uh, who put the worm in his mouth to keep it warm so it'd be wiggly and uh, then the fish would bite it. And so they it went over about like it's gone over with you there, Todd. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> really coach <laughs> but, but anyway I, I, I told him and I, I don't think it was maybe the right medicine at the right time so anyway uh, Saturday morning uh, 
I thought about that story and I thought about, I got to put life to that story. I've got to, I got to make it mean something. So I got in my car and go over there on Valley Mills, one of those little 7-Eleven type stores. And I go in and the guy recognized me immediately. And, and he said, coach, what, what, what do you, what do you need? And I said, do you have any worms? <laughs> worms? I said, yeah, fishing worms. Yeah, we got some over there and they're in that little box. I went over, got me a box, came back, put the money down. He looked at me and he wanted to ask a question. And I said, no, I'm not going fishing before the game. I have another purpose. You'll probably read about it in the paper. <laughs> so I go back and uh, with those worms and I, then we have a meeting before they go down and start taping to go out on the field. And so, uh, you know, I had this little thing I just said to him, you know, about uh, what we should be willing to do on this day to beat the University of Texas. And I said, here, here's, here's what the deal is. You know, I can't get on the field. I can't play for you. I can't think for you on the field. But while you're on the field beating Texas, here's what I'll do. And I pulled that worm out and I held it up and jiggled it. And I said, I'll keep the worms warm. And I opened my mouth and I dropped that worm in the corner of my mouth. And those guys went absolutely nuts. And so I just directed them out the door so they get out of there. I could take that thing out of my mouth. And so they, they went out on the field and I took him out and put him in the trash as I went out doors and uh, then went on the field. And we proceeded that day to beat Texas. And I, 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 I don't know, honestly, if that had anything to do with the victory. Uh, it might have been a deterrent uh, to success, making them sick, but, uh, but uh, they won in spite of everything. So that became a legend, that, that thing. But I didn't eat the worm, first of all. Uh, secondly, if I had them, they're all protein, but I didn't. <laughs> Thirdly, they have no taste. They're just like biting into a piece of rubber. And so I... <laughs> Took care of that buddy really nice because he did a great job for us. You know, when I held him up, he kind of held his little old head <laughs> and looked like he was in pain. So anyway, that's that story. And uh, we did beat Texas that day. And I doubt the worm story had anything to do with it, except it created legend, you know, that uh, that 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 it actually happened. And it did. Well, Coach, that's the first time that I've heard the full version of the story. I always started with the locker room, and so that's a, that's a real treat today. <laughs> Coach, um, I first met you and Mrs. Taft Donnell as a high school junior uh, way back in 1982 at First Baptist Church of Waco, where we are both still members. And our families have been friends over the years from then until now, roughly 40 years. Your shared commitment, that is your and Donnell's commitment to Christ and to the church has been steadfast and has meant so much to so many, including me. I'm wondering if you could share with us how these commitments to Christ and the church have strengthened and sustained you over time, even until now. You know, Todd, it's uh, when, you, when you look at life, you look at your own life, um, you, you don't really realize it at the time, but uh, there is clearly a presence of God 
in the lives of those who believe. And uh, sometimes it's amazing miracles that happen. Sometimes it's just the little things that happen. But I can say clearly, beginning with uh, my opportunity to meet Jesus a lot quicker than I, than I wanted to. And that was when we had a plane crash. I was a head coach, young head coach. I'm at about 23 years old. Uh, and uh, everybody survived it. Uh, we played a game in Louisiana and we were flying back to Abilene, Texas. And uh, the plane uh, had all kinds of engine problems and we lost one engine. And then they said they were gonna have to come in with a belly landing. And we did that in Shreveport, Louisiana. And we went in, and it's a, a, it was a big federal base as well. And we went in, and they, they did not think we were who we were. So they had all the MPs out. So when we landed, crash landed, I might add, uh, they uh, were there to arrest us, which uh, is a little known story. But we were illegally on. Uh, strategic Air Command Base in Shreveport, Louisiana. Wow. But uh, the plane engines uh, both caught fire. Uh, the interior of the plane did not uh, catch fire, but it was the engines they were burning. I was worried about an explosion, you know, from the gas. And uh, so when we finally plane stopped sliding, we came in on the belly land without any wheels. All the wheels were up. So the pilots brought it in and those that were aluminum fuselages, you know, the sparks just engulfed that plane. So when it came to a rest, uh, uh, one of my coaches were back at the back, kicked the door open, got it open. And uh, so then all of a sudden here comes uh, the co-pilot just wading through all of us. It uh, had a single aisle down the middle, held about 38 passengers, I think. and. So he, he just, we don't know what he's doing, but we found out later, he went to the back of the plane and took the elevator locks off the plane. We had taken off and landed with the elevators on the tail section of that airplane locked. They had no control over that on the back back there. So anyway, I saw, I saw, him, saw him do it. And uh, then uh, they had a lot of hearings about that plane crash and, and uh, he, he was the one that forgot to take them off and they take, they took off with them in the air. And, uh, so I don't know what else happened to it. The reason we crashed, but, uh, but we did, but from that, you know, uh, I tried to lead our players, uh, in the thought process that, you know, we had been in a, a really scary situation. We had been spared and it's up to us to find out now what God, uh, really wants us to do with our lives. This is a second chance uh, that we have to do what God wants us to do. And it's not clear. It's, you, you in the ministry uh, understand that. He, he, I hadn't heard of anybody where he really wrote in flame and fire in modern day times so that you could see you're supposed to do this. You, you got to use your own brain. You got to use your heart. Everything that touches you about what what you need to be doing life. And so, you know, so many of those young men, we had a prayer, by the way, on that plane. 
players asked me to pray and I stood up in the back between the two aisles and, um, and bowed my head and prayed the most fervent prayer that I can ever remember praying because it was about the lives of all my young men and our coaches. And we were very young. All of our coaches were young as well. And so, uh, you know, it, it made an indelible uh, mark on a lot of those players, you know, for their coach to pray for their lives and pray for uh, as safe a landing as we could have. We knew it was going to be a crash landing. So that happened and uh, we went in and got it walked away from that plane and not a, not a scratch on anybody. Nobody was hurt in any way. And uh, both engines caught fire uh, when, when we crash landed. And uh, we got out of that before the plane burned. And uh, it was just one of those uh, amazing things that it's easy to say, you know, because I've said it so many times, but it's still very emotional in the sense that all these lives, these young people went on to serve uh, their life, whatever they were going to prepare to do. But they all knew very well that uh, they had been a part of something extremely rare and that they had been blessed in a very special way. And I, I tried to make sure that they knew and understood that. Wow, Coach, what a stirring uh, story. Thank you for sharing that. Coach, I have one other th question for you uh, this morning, and it's this. Um, uh, if, if there ever were uh, a dynamic duo, it is uh, you and Mrs. Taft, Donnell. Uh, Baylor has rightly recognized this, naming the two of you legendary mentors. And more recently, in fact, so recent that it has not even been formally announced yet, our seminary has named its sports ministry program in honor of the two of you. Ecclesiastes, wow. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4.9 uh, tells us that two are better than one. How has this been true for the two of you over the course of your married life? Stories are told that uh, not only would Donnell write players notes, but she showed up at many of the practices, in fact, most all of the practices. So I'm, I'm interested in how the two of you have uh, shared life and uh, career together and the impact that this has made. You know, it's really interesting because uh, when we met and uh, fell in love and made a decision to get married, I told her what my life's goals were and that her role would have to be as strong as my role, not only as a mother to help take care of any children that might come to our marriage, because in coaching football, it's basically a 24 hour a day job. Mm -hmm. uh, you do get a chance to sleep five or six hours every night, man, but uh, uh, it, it just takes it. And I, I had to make sure she understood that. And, uh, and she did. And uh, she was, uh, certainly I'm, I'm prejudiced on this, but I, I believe she was the best uh, coach's wife that I've ever seen uh, uh, anywhere. Because we, we have an organization that's a part of the American Football Coaches Association. It's the coaches' wives. Uh, and so I, I know many, many, many coaches wives and interestingly enough all 
although they all, they all look different and sound different, they're all stamped with the same stamp. You know, uh, they they just make great coaches' wives. And uh, those that that don't understand the amount of time that it takes involvement that the husband has to give, uh, we end up seeing those drift apart. And they're, they're very few and far between, I might add. Well, that's, uh, that's amazing. We're so grateful for uh, your, your work, your witness coach. And as we conclude our time uh, this morning, for which uh, I'm most grateful, I just want to invite you to share with us uh, a parting word. Uh, what, what are you thinking? What do you have to say, coach? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure who all uh, is listening today, but whoever you are out there, uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, it makes me feel good to know that, that you're out there and, and you're interested in what I might have to say. And uh, I, I, I appreciate that very much. But I think, in all honesty, if each one of us, myself and will look inward uh, into our lives, no matter what age we are, or what position we hold, just look inward and see if we are committed to living our life for Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't want to give an altar call here, uh, Todd, but I think it's important that all of us uh, take time and particularly in this scary time in America today and we're not through with all this stuff friends. Uh, there, there's still some time to go through this but as we do self uh, inspections uh, let us look not only at our physical side and our mental side and our mental development but our spiritual side as well and that needs to be correct it needs to be absolute and it needs to be of you and God. Coach, so grateful for your, your life, your witness, your testimony. And I uh, just want to thank you so much for your time today. It's meant a great deal to me and to those who've been able to join us. Coach, wish you uh, a happy new year. And uh, for all who have joined us today, the same for them. See you uh, soon, I trust, Coach, and take good care between now and then. Thank you, Todd. Enjoyed being with you. It was a joy, Coach. Thank you. Bye for now, everyone. Yeah.